Welcome, friends, to this edition of the Songsmith Podcast. My guest today is singer, songwriter, guitarist, Brazen Cyrus. His debut album, Havelina, will be released on October 22nd. And along with this announcement, he dropped a single, Black Water, featuring Steve Earle. Black Water follows previous singles, Disappear and Across the Great Plains. The song was produced by Jordan Reed and Austin Jenkins. If you enjoy this podcast, please feel free to find me on Instagram at James underscore Ippolitti. Give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Say something nice to keep the lights on at the studio. Also, you can find me on TikTok at The Songsmith Podcast. You can also find me on YouTube. So now, without further ado... My conversation with Brazen Cyrus. Thank you for turning me on. My guest today is singer, songwriter, guitarist Brazen Cyrus. American songwriter hails him as a storyteller of epic proportions. His full-length debut album, Havelina, will be released October 22nd via Sunday Supper Records. Along with the announcement, drops a new single, Black Water, a gloriously fiery, epic song featuring Steve Earle. So welcome to the show, Brazen. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you know what? American so uh, Songwriter goes on with their praise in their review of Across the Great Plains, calling it a lyrical masterpiece by a budding storyteller who seems to already have an uncanny ability of using simple words to paint somewhat complicated landscapes and complicated characters and doing it beautifully. I couldn't have said it better myself. That is awesome, but they're basically calling you like the Ernest Hemingway of songwriting. That could be a stretch. That's, that's pretty cool. That could be a stretch. <laughs> Listening to your stuff, it's not really, because I was thinking about Blackwater and how like the, the words, you're, you managed to capture like so much of a character and a setting in so few words, but giving the, the listener um, a really beautiful picture. So let's get into this. So uh, why did you decide to name your debut album Havelina? Um, there's a few reasons. You know, there was, there was a time where I was recording this record completely differently with a different producer and everything. And, and I feel like there's kind of two halves to the record. There's the first half, which is where I started a few years ago. And then the second half is kind of where it everything kind of came together and, and, and a javelina is a pig that's gone feral mm -hmm. basically. And I feel like just that duality right. was, and I was reading a bunch of crazy stories about those pigs in Arizona and just thought that the name sounded cool and then came up with a meaning yeah, it is cool. after that. <laughs> well, that's cool. So what was it like creating this album? Like, were there any surprises or challenges you faced? Um, COVID was a big one. I think, I think that is the obvious one, yeah. just that, you know, we, we got really lucky and the castle, which is a big studio here in Nashville or down in Franklin, Tennessee, about 20 minutes South of Nashville, out in the middle of nowhere. It's, right. it's beautiful. And we got really lucky that it was totally open and it's such a big studio that we really had no problem social distancing or anything. But I think just the, the concern was a big, was a big hurdle that we came across. Cause you know, it had, we had me, uh, my drummer, my, my bass player, my keys player, and then also our engineer, Jordan Reed and my producer, Austin. And, you know, my, my manager Trey was there quite a bit too. So trying to keep everybody, uh, 
distant, but also comfortable, I think was probably the biggest thing. So, um, but other than that, it, it came together pretty easily. And I feel like it, it, it happened at a time where everybody, especially the people in my band and people that I work with were so ready to get back to work. Right. We recorded it in, um, last September. So actually, uh, a year ago from this week, probably should have led with that, but you know, it was September of 2020 and we had already been in lockdown for over six months. So I feel like that was, you know, the, the biggest hurdle, I guess, for everybody during that time is, you did know. you have to take like, uh, did you have to take like a lot of rehearsal time being like everybody being shut down for so long to get into the groove or did you guys connect real quick? We connected really quick. I've been, I've been working with, uh, my drummer Blair Winters and his brother, his little brother Grant, is my uh, is my bass player. So they already connect so well, and I've been playing right. with them for so long that after, you know, it, you know, we we've had we made the demos together. We we had played the songs on the road a bunch together. So I feel like the only person who wasn't as familiar with it was our producer Austin, um, and so. You know, we met up with him a few times, played him things, kind of walked him through what what part of the demos we feel like should stay and what part we feel like should go. And then, you know, a lot of the songs we just did live in a couple takes in the studio. And so then, you know, it, it just kind of came together that way. I feel like we were just kind of winging it most of the way through. Yeah, I feel like that's a lost art, like just everyone recording live in a studio anymore. You know, it's, it's, I love, you can hear like a, a difference, I believe, when you hear someone recording live. It's like the energy's there. It, it feels like you're on stage, but, you know, whenever you're, yeah, you, you know, in that room together and playing live, it's just, it just feels so much better. That's right. There's a whole new energy to that. How do you feel the tracks like fit together lyrically and sonically on this? I mean, I think you've released what, three so far? Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, I, I feel like also that's almost kind of goes back to the name because I feel like, you know, I feel like whenever you're listening to it, side A, all the songs are very cohesive with one another. And then side B, all the songs are cohesive with one another. With one another but side A and side B aren't necessarily cohesive with each other. And so... Um, you know, like disappear and our and our next song coming out, Autumn Leaves. I feel like, you know, they're they're both on side A together and they they go together really well. But but Blackwater, kind of like across the Great Plains, is kind of separate from them. What was the inspiration behind Blackwater? And like, when did that occur, that idea occur to you? So I I think I wrote it in 2017 with my with my drummer Blair and. Okay. In, in Nashville, it was probably the worst summer I think we've ever had here. And, you know, we were, we, me and him, we were, we were at our little home studio thing that we were working out of. And we were reading all these stories about people on, you know, the I-65, which runs right through Nashville, and the 40, which runs right through Nashville. We were reading about people literally getting out of their cars and beating the hell out of each other in this kind of heat wave. And yeah, it was wow. making... It was making tension so high. There was a rise in violence from it. And, and I think me and him just were like, this is so out of the normal for Nashville. And we kind of just wanted to, you know, talk about a southern town that was in 
a heat wave. And that was kind of the beginning. And then, you know, we started adding this kind of mystery murder element to it. But I feel like when it really came together in the studio was I was listening to the demo and I was, I was kind of going over some of the songs with Austin and I was like, like Copperhead road has such a creepiness to it and such a back, like, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, like back, you know, backwoods kind of vibe to it. And I was like, yeah, back water. It, yeah. it, it'd be so cool if we could get Steve Earl. <laughs> and so Trey, my manager just, just kind of reached out and played him the song. And, you know, he said he would do it. And, you know, he, he ended up recording it in, in New York at electric Ladyland instead of coming down to the castle. But, it was it was it was one of those things that just kind of came into place and made a lot of sense. You have Steve Earle, who's like a master storyteller, mm-hmm. an amazing you know musician songwriter. Were you nervous like bringing this to him? Um, I think so. I, I in a way, well, kind of. It was it, it felt so right that I I didn't want to not ask. And, and it, it felt right. so natural for him to be on it. Like once I said it would be really cool to get Steve Earle, nothing else felt right. And so I just had to go for it. But the most nervous I was, was one night he called me on the phone at like 11, 11 PM. And we ended up talking about the song for about half an hour. But I think the whole time before that, I was really nervous. And then after yeah. talking to him and he was such a cool guy, I felt like, oh no, this is going to go really well. But it was weird to kind of coordinate him being in New York and me being in Nashville. Your voices work so well together. Uh, were you surprised by that? I, you know, I, I think so because I have, you know, he's got that. It, it, it's so weird. It almost has like a, like he's so grisly and I, I have such a high pitched right. kind of voice, but you know, it, it ended up, and I almost kind of like the way that he's almost speaking. It's it's kind of he's almost kind yeah. of speaking and sort of chanting underneath, which makes it, you know, we're not we're not trying to match each other, and we're you know, and also I I had done my vocal take about two or three months before he got a hold of it, so we were you know I, I my work was already done, and then he was just trying different things in the studio to match what I was doing, and then I think that kind of laid back talking style is what I felt like made the most sense after hearing it. Yeah. It's interesting. Like uh, what was the, the difference in the vibe? I mean, from what you originally did and then having him in, cause he definitely, he adds that creepiness factor that you're looking at, that you're talking about. Was it a different vibe? The song prior to that? It felt unfinished. It felt unfinished for sure. Mm, yeah. it, so, so we didn't, we, we knew Steve was going to hop on it. So we didn't try to temporarily fill it in with anything. We, we didn't really, add anything extra the the only thing that we actually ended up adding was that you know uh, electric slide guitar that was something we actually ended up adding later and i actually didn't really like it when i very first heard it but then i i listened to it without it and i was like oh it actually needs that and actually it kind of became sort of like the new hook for the song because the song is so story based and lyric based i felt like yeah there's not a there's not a hook to it, and I felt like that that electric slide guitar is actually what kind of created that. I think it yeah I think it creates a setting you know it helps create the setting behind those lyrics. Mm-hmm. Your songs they're they're very cinematic in their storytelling. 
Um, you have central characters and, like I just said, strong visual settings. How do you write about these characters that are not yourself? Those are, I mean, I guess I have two different ways because, you know, um, Autumn Leaves, which is about to come out, it's a lot more stream of consciousness kind of. And, and I was playing my mandolin and just started singing stuff along to it. And, and so that's one way of doing it. But I think, especially whenever it came to Across the Great Plains and Blackwater, I had the idea of what the song would be and wrote the lyrics out first. And, and I remember, especially with Across the Great Plains, I actually came up with part of the melody that the, uh, that the horn section ended up doing actually that was the first piece of music I wrote for it was that horn section. Okay. And I kind of built the music around that. But even before that, the lyrics were built, you know, around just this idea that I had in my head of, you know, I, I wrote it across the great plains when I was on tour with a band called bird talker. And we were out in Utah and Colorado and, you know, driving to California. And that's kind of where that story began to take shape. But I started with the lyrics and then this horn section just came to me. And then I just kind of built the rest of the structure around, around that. Were there songs that you had that you decided didn't fit on this uh, release? Things that you were like, you wanted to, and then thinking it over, you changed your mind. I think there were more parts of songs that didn't fit. Um, I, you know, I love bands like, like My Morning Jacket and The Grateful Dead and stuff. And they, mm -hmm. they let songs drag out. And so, and I like doing that as well. But I think this record was so story-based that it didn't make sense. So what we kind of did was we kind of took the scraps of parts of songs that didn't make it and threw it in. And we made an instrumental song called Revolver, which was a uh, kind of a last-minute addition how would you describe like the music that you create? Hmm. It, typically, typically, I, I guess it's just what what I see, you know, what I see, and and I think some other people try to write about what they feel, and I I have a hard time doing that, but I have it. I have a really easy time of writing what I see, and so I guess that's sort of a difference between. You know, other songwriters do the same thing, but, you know, I, a lot of people that, even including people that I like, they're usually writing about how they feel, but, but especially my favorite songwriters like Connor Oberst, you know, he'll write about what he sees and it's such a, right. he's able to paint such a picture in your mind that that's what I try to do as well. Yeah. I think like Tom Waits is a really good example mm -hmm. of that, um, of, of painting pictures, what you see. Um, even like I know you're influenced by the band and they have a lot of songs that are about what you see. Cripple Creek's a really great one. In this collaboration you had with Steve Earle, other than just like the phone call, like was there any disagreements or, or like did he want to take it in the direction you didn't or, or did it just really go really smoothly with uh, the Blackwater release? It's boring, but it went really smoothly. Like he, he, we, we got a few different versions of what he did back and we just kind of had to see which, which one, I feel like my energy was, was pretty big in the recording. So I felt like we wanted 
to, to kind of scale what he was bringing back and kind of add, uh, you know, almost less dimension that he brought. Like, I feel like what, what he's doing is very stable throughout very, very, it, it brings some consistency to it where I think I'm a little bit more all over the place and my energy is a little bit higher. And I think it's cool to have him be a little bit more laid back. And so I think that's why we ended up going with that take. Uh, is he only on vocals or did he play any instruments? Only on vocals. Yeah. Okay. And and you have, like, on this album, you're bringing in instruments you might have not used before, like the Hammond B3, uh, the slide guitar, like those things. Have Are these new in your repertoire? They, they are. Um, we actually, I wish I had gotten to see them play them because I think that that stuff is so cool and it's something that's so out of yeah. what me and my friends play. So we were sending those off because again, it was COVID time. So we were, we were sending COVID. these songs out to different players and, you know, getting them to add, you know, their piece on it. And then, um, you know, another big collaboration was the, the local artists other than Steve that I had sing on a lot of these songs. I want to go back to saying that when you're writing songs, it's more about what you see and not what you feel. Mm-hmm. Having a newborn, I know personally that you feel like a love you could possibly never have imagined, like for this child. Do you feel like that might influence some of your songwriting in the future? I I think it it will, but again, I think it's more what I'm seeing him do rather than what I'm feeling about what he's doing or what he's brought to me in my wife's life. I think that, you know, seeing him change, he's, 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 he just turned three months yesterday. And so seeing how different he looks already, even only after three months, it's insane. And so I feel like I can really, you know, take what, I've seen him do and how he's changed and, you know, trans. I, I always think the way I feel about things is so boring, but I think the way I see things is <laughs> unique. So I, that's why I always try that's to go with that. Yeah. That's cool. Moving forward. Who would you most like to collaborate with? Uh, alive. Uh, I guess, <laughs> I guess yeah, living, you know, obvi- I mean, my, my biggest heroes leave on helm. So, um, mm. you know, that, that's my, my biggest one. And I, I always say with the music I write, I always want to make Levon proud. And I always say, what would Levon do? That's kind nice. of my mantra in the studio, but alive. I don't know. I'm so weird about the people that I would want to work with. Cause like my, my heroes, if I meet them and they're not exactly how I pictured in my head, I feel like I'd be really disappointed, right. but um, I don't know. Steve Earl was a really cool one. Steve Earl was a big one because right. it was so. Uh, I, I I grew up listening to Steve Earl because of my dad, but you know, um, hmm, I'm not sure. Maybe even though I say not your heroes, maybe Jim James from My Morning Jacket, just because he's mm-hmm. or or any of the players in my morning jacket as well. I'd almost rather right. play with the band more than him just because those guys are so impressive. Yeah. That would be really cool, right? To be able to jam with the people that yeah. you are inspired by. Yeah. Like, that's a, its own high. What is the best advice you've been given? Um, probably keep it simple, stupid. I think that's the, 
the best advice you could give to anybody about anything. And that, that applies so much, especially when writing. After this release, what are your next plans? Are you, you are going to tour, or you're currently touring? We've got a few shows, but, you know, they a lot of them are getting canceled just because of, you know, depending on where you're at yeah. and the, and the, the Delta, know, yeah. Delta situation. I think, I think it's going to be uh, a complication for a long time to come. So I think me and a lot of other people in Nashville are trying to do different things, you know, to stay busy. And I've, I've been doing a lot of writing, um, you know, independently and for other people, me and, uh, me and, uh, Ben Kramer from old sea brigade, me and him get together and write, you know, once or twice a week, whenever we're not busy and just to kind of build up an arsenal, a catalog of songs that we can, you know, you know, use for ourselves one day, or, you know, I feel like, you know, just trying to keep busy is the next step for me personally. And, you know, trying to work with as many different people as I can. Yeah. And, you know, from your, your earlier um, songs to now, from what I can see, you really sound like you're, you're pushing yourself. What are, what are the things you really want to accomplish like musically and songwriting moving forward? What are the goals and things you want to hit? I think I want to, try to focus more on um, songs I want to write for myself versus the songs that I want to, I want to write for other people. I really want to focus my energy on writing those more story-based songs like across the great plains and black water yeah. and, you know, collaborating with my band more because I've got such a talented group of dudes that are playing with me. And I really want to, craft a story and then let them take the music wherever they want to go. So I think in the future, I really want to collaborate more and give the band more, more freedom. I, I was in a few bands before I started working on what I'm working on now. And I miss it. I miss being a part of the band. And I, and, and I think, you know, oh, yeah. giving my band a lot more freedom to, to build the tracks and build the music is you know, going to be a big deal for me going forward for sure. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we get going? Um, you know, autumn leaves comes out <laughs> September 22nd on the equinox. That was not an accident. We picked that day to come out on purpose, <laughs> but, um, you know, awesome. I appreciate the, I appreciate everybody listening to, uh, to Blackwater and I really appreciate you having me on, man. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm from Philly, so I got to make sure I said on Blackwater, but Blackwater, it's the way we say water, water. Yeah. Yeah. You say it in Philly. So, so where can people find you online? Instagram, Spotify. Um, I'm personally really not on any other. Oh, and uh crowdmouth. Crowdmouth is a new app that, that I've been using with, with some frequency. It's just a cool place for people to connect with fans and artists together. So uh, if you're out there and you follow me on Instagram cool. or follow me on Spotify, also check out Crowdmouth because it's a it's a cool place and I try to interact with people a lot more there than I typically would on Instagram or something. That's cool. I'll look for it. All right. Well, thanks again. I know you're busy, so I really appreciate you taking this time out and speaking with me. Um, and anytime you want to come on and promote whatever you got going on, I'd love to have you back. Cool. Yeah, man. I would love to. All right, Brazen. Cool. Great talking to you, man. Take care. Great. Take care, man.